0: At Suncorp Stadium, instead, it was another raw match that produced plenty of drama and talking points. Welcome to the Brisbane Football Review, back for the DFS Fan Network for another week. On top of our regular A-League discussion, we also have a special segment previewing W-League, which kicks off this weekend. It's James and Scott here, as per usual, and with Adam Mm. off playing Captain Jack Sparrow on the high speeds, high seas. (laughs) This is why I try and don't do my normal (laughs) intro. With Adam playing Captain Jack Sparrow on the high seas, we brought in a special guest from the Women's Game website, Angela Bassett. Welcome to the show.
1: Hello, guys. Thank yes. you for having me. Welcome,
2: Angela. Well so done with that intro, James. You got there three eventually. Three times. <laughs> <laughs> Are we sure, James, is, Adam's not dodging you because Everton lost 5-2 to Arsenal? Are we sure that's he's not here? Yeah, that could actually be I think that's always <laughs> not here. This holiday thing's... A Mirage, not really away.
0: Although, if he is playing
2: Captain Jacksbury, put in a much more convincing
0: performance <laughs> 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 than a European movie. Alright, so we've got a lot to talk about. We've got a special interview with Mel Andretta coming up as well. But let's get into segment one, the A-League recap. The all lost their second straight home game 2-1 on a dramatic Sunday afternoon at Suncorp Stadium. Scott, how much did that suck?
2: Oh my goodness. Where do you <laughs> want to start with this?
0: Let's start with the team lineup. okay? So, okay. Eric Bortiak started, Brett Holman back in.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Signs of optimism... Initially, maybe?
2: Yeah, I thought Borchak was quite good in the first half. he got He's struggling to get involved like to some degree because he's getting to know his new teammates. But he showed enough that he's got plenty of potential. I think he'll be really good this year. And I thought that they worked quite well to some degree. I think they'll get better. But they started so sluggishly as a team, for me. Like, the first 10 minutes, the first 20 minutes even, was really sluggish.
1: It's something different yeah. from the Raw, yeah. though, when you think about it. And... Um the addition, uh, the addition of him to yeah. the squad, though, was good, but he did struggle yeah. um, in the style of play that Raw had been look, happening. There, like, the Raw way, yeah. whatever that is, actually. It kind of <laughs> that that, changing
0: by
2: the week, the Raw way,
1: by the way? <laughs> the Raw way changes <laughs> month, month. You kind of expect that <laughs> yeah. a
0: little bit, though, given he did land at, what, 2 o'clock Wednesday morning mm-hmm. yeah. or something, yeah. which, look, backing up there, <laughs> is quite impressive. I was a little bit surprised that he started, though. I would have <laughs> considered maybe bringing him off the bench on 45 or 60 minutes.
1: In saying that, um, I don't think the bench, what they have and have had, had in the past few weeks, has that potency. Mm-hmm. Maybe bringing them on, um, especially Skipedes, yeah. and them on um, as a substitute would be better because they don't have that urgency coming on and starting.
0: Well, Aloisi said that way, by starting him, it at least meant that he could just run him for as long as he yeah. had in his legs. And It was kind of
2: previewed him. in the media from Marco a couple of days before the game. He was going to start in that thing anyway, so it wasn't much of a surprise on game day when it got there. But
0: Yeah. yeah. I don't know, I was a little bit of a surprise. So, it was the second game of Jade North at fullback. He started off on the right. and I'm still mm-hmm. going with his there to provide a little bit more defensive cover in the absence of
2: Thomas Christensen.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's probably true, but it's hurting the team so much going forward because he just doesn't get forward enough to create the overlaps and the cross. You saw when Jack Inget came on on the right. That's where the goal came from.
0: Well, they didn't it's Someone getting Corey forward. Brown. And then
2: the Corey Brown went off the left. They didn't have that on the left. So, I think that's where not having two attacking-minded fullbacks is hurting them. So as soon as Christensen can get back, they'll be much better for it. If that is what the reason genuinely is. That's my theory and I'm sticking yeah. to it. <laughs> it's going to it.
1: hurt them, though, losing Corey Brown <laughs> yeah. to the hamstring injury. Don't, I'm not too sure who, if they're going to keep Jack in the squad or not.
2: I'll get to it later, but say that's probably the way to go, right? Mm.
0: And you could see there was, I don't want to say an imbalance, but there did seem to be a real desire to just really get down that right I would, hand side. I would
2: call mm. it an imbalance
0: came on, yeah, it was basically, let's just get everything down the right.
2: Because before that, it was to go down the left with Corey Brown. Mm. So, i definitely call it an imbalance.
0: Mm. One thing that did stand out as a bit of a positive as well, I thought they were much more effective tackling in midfield and much better with the high press, because you did see quite a lot of the time, the Royal were able to pin Newcastle in their own half.
1: It, it is true, they, they did, um, it was better than previous mm. start to the season. Um but in saying that, they weren't able to keep it up for the whole yeah. game, which is a problem. And considering that they're supposed to be playing 90 minutes of football, they should be able to continue that press and that tackling And by ability. week
2: three, you expect them to be at that level. Mm.
0: And yeah, well, overall, like that's one thing that kind of bugged me a little bit was the sporadic intensity all across mm. the park. Like Whoever it was, like they'd work really hard to get the ball back, but then they'd get it and then sort of just be faced with a really static lineup in front of them. There was one point, I think it was with about five minutes to go, where... They tried to play it down the right, and it was just... Everyone was just standing still. There are about five yeah. or six options. And There's not
2: enough movement off the ball at the moment, is there? No.
0: And even in defence as well, Like you saw uh, the ball in from Vujicic, I think it was. For the, for first, the first goal, yeah, It was, yeah. Vujicic, yeah. Yep. It was a nice little sort of run from O'Donovan and a fantastic ball in. Maybe Theo could have claimed it?
1: Oh, I do think... The last mm. resort of not blaming someone that goes to the mm. goalkeeper. I do think the defence should have tied up. They know how yeah. potent O'Donovan is. He scored four goals before the game. His, yeah, it was fifth, four fifth, goals
2: going into the game. Yep, yeah. yeah,
1: fifth goal in the game. And you should be tied on a player that's going to be yeah. able to score goals like that. It shouldn't be a second thought and you shouldn't be relying on your goalkeeper. Raw defenders as well. Yeah, two
0: straight through them. Which you might even have to say like, is a good run as well. Like, you can kind of mm. see why a lot of Raw yeah. fans were clamouring for Roy O'Donovan to come in mm. in the first mm-hmm. place. Like, when he was a free agent, I mean. Yeah. Oh, I'm really having a good day today. (laughs) 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 All right. So, then the Raw got their goal. It was a nice little ball uh, in from Jack Hingett, again, down the right-hand side, which is, I think, going to be a little bit of a theme for this segment. Yep. Uh, uh, Bortiak slid in, and I'll tell you what, I love the optimism in ground of trying to (laughs) award the
1: ball to (laughs) Bortiak. Well, yeah, at first (laughs) I did think he touched it, but after watching the replays, because I was not at the game... I was like, why is he trying to claim it? it didn't even touch it. Did he it even, didn't even try and close. claim it?
2: Like, the Raw tried to claim it <laughs> yeah, for I him, but was like, I it
1: think, wasn't even
0: close. I think Macaroni actually had a better case for it. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the ball did go in off the knee of Nigel Bugard yeah. in the end. And one thing that I noticed after the uh, goal went in, where Macaroni, I think he went up to Bugard, and it seemed like Bugard was ready for a bit of a you know, smart-ass comments. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, nah, that's okay, that happens, and just went
2: back. Mm. Boogar must hate playing at Suncourt Baller. Didn't he get sent off last year or the year before? Play he got sent off a lot. <laughs> yeah, I remember he <laughs> got yeah. sent off at Adelaide. remember got sent off at once as well. I think that
0: was 15, 16, because I remember watching that when I was up in the Wit Sundays. Okay. Mm. We'll go with that. Being stuck watching Foxtel go on my iPad. That's, <laughs> a, yep. that's an issue that I'll get into on... That's a, not the
2: VAR iPad you're talking about, is it?
0: <laughs> no, but we'll get to the VAR in a second, but uh, they kind of let themselves down almost straight away Uh with a fantastic strike from Dimi Petrados, where uh, the guys I was seeing with Gordon said, you put him in a Raw shirt, that one's
1: winding up at the corner flag, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah. And we think the one team who would know how to defend Dimi Petrados this should be the Raw. The way they're backing off him there is... That's not great defending.
1: They even backed off him during the Ulsan Hyundai game in the Asian Champions so, yeah. League. They just let him have all the yeah. space. I'm not too sure why that was happening and what Aloisi was thinking mm. with doing that. They've seen him
2: shoot when he was with the Raw. One
1: out 20 20 of 20 goes
0: in, all right. I lo- yeah, I love Petral, also, you know, like his ability to hit a long-range shot. Unfortunately, he had kind of the same habit of Luke Bratton, where mm. if he gets the ball 25 to 30 metres from goalie, he thinks... I can do this, (laughs) and just lets a rocket fly. Yeah, sometimes they are like one-off shots. He does get them
1: in sometimes. Sometimes they just go, well, way off the mark, but...
0: And as we can hear in our introduction, it does work sometimes for Luke Bratton when there's a Premier's plate on the line. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, unfortunately, it was a bit of a deflating thing to happen going into into the halftime break, because you kind of thought, okay, back to 1-1, things are going well now, and... It just way.
2: ruined any momentum that was potentially building that, didn't it? And it was a great finish as well. You've got to give, mm. give me some credit for the finish. It was really good. So.
0: Mm. Like, and that's one of the, like, you look at Theo and go, yeah, you were stuffed there no matter <laughs> what. Like, you couldn't do anything mm. with that.
1: It was strange though, considering he had hit... Um, I can't remember what game it was, but he did hit a goal similar to that um, round two, maybe? Like the like previous round, and it was mm. a good goal. Yeah. So you would think that Raw, having seen that goal, would have kept marking yeah. him a bit more. Yeah.
0: All right, so... In the second half, I'm just going through my notes from the game now. (laughs) So, on the break in the second half, Jets Jets were really packed in and able to outnumber them. When they did win the ball back, it was a lot of the time there was, you know, three against six, four against seven. And it really made it hard for them to get the ball forward quickly. And then, yeah, there was a a a brutal moment. There's no delicate way to talk about this. Ronald Vargas had his leg broken quite, Mm. quite badly.
2: Yeah, that was really bad to watch. That's the second one I've seen in the week because obviously I'm watching the NBA during the week and Gordon Hayward's horrific injury. And, uh, mm. It's horrendous watching these. I couldn't actually see it from my vantage point because I had two players at the back to me. So at the first, it did look like a genuine 50-50 and when you see the replays, it's bad. It still was a 50-50. It goal. still was a 50-50. It, was, it, just, it didn't look as bad. For, it person.
1: was just that Vargas's foot went under the wrong way when he tried yeah. to go in to claim the ball again and it was... It was mm. awful to watch on yeah. TV itself and knowing that he is going to be out of the game mm. for an extended period of time is a sad thing for the Jets. It's He's definitely out for the year, isn't he? Watch. He was good, yeah. And it did, they
0: did kind of luck out, though, like the Roar in a way, because they had a doctor, a surgeon who specialised in that sitting in the crowd that yeah. they were able to call on almost straight away. <laughs> so. But uh, what really stood out for me... Well, two things, actually. First of all, I heard a crack when that happened oh, in my okay. seat. and I'm, like, My seats are just behind the raw bench a few rows up. I actually mm. thought it was shin pad on shin pad mm. when I heard it and it was just like, oh, okay, that's not good. And then you saw like the Raw in a promising attack position you'd normally think Matt Mackay would be there saying, yeah. go here, go here. He was standing over Vargas screaming, get on, get on, this mm. is bad. Because
2: like, the bad. player went off for another five, ten seconds before they like, stopped it, didn't they? Yeah. yeah,
1: and the only reason it stopped was because Mackay pretty much <laughs> shouted at the referee <laughs> yeah. to stop the game because someone was down. It really paid off <laughs> Mackay screaming at, <laughs> yeah. at the time,
0: cause, uh, And he was quite shaken up as well. I think top to bottom
2: everyone on the field Yeah, I think was. everyone was. It's hard not to be. And
1: and it does become a problem because there are a lot of people saying it was Makai's fault because they believe it wasn't a 50-50 yeah. challenge but you got to feel for when, <laughs> when Makai reads those comments because kno- knowing him, having met him a few times, he would take that to heart. He would think that he personally hurt Vargas.
0: Yeah, uh, it Absolutely was like, didn't McCain even have the ball and Vargas challenge him? Like yeah, I it was it kind well, of like, yeah, yeah they both like, went into it. Yeah, like it was one of those, we both want the ball equally and are going to go for it no matter mm-hmm. what. And what, 99 times out of 100, the players walk away with just a little bruise or something.
2: Didn't the referee actually signal like a play on advantage for yeah, Raw it was as well? It was yeah, a Raw advantage. So you know? initially, he thought it was a foul by Vargas. So. Vargas
1: did go in two feet,
2: yeah,
0: and yeah, the. The borderline heartless thing to say here, which I'll take full responsibility for, that probably saved him from a yellow card.
1: Mm.
2: Possibly.
0: Yeah. Anyway, then we thought the raw had managed to equalise through Massimo Macaroni with a fantastic little finish there.
2: Speaking of Matt Mackay shouting at (laughs) the referee.
0: Three minutes later, the VAR overturned it for an offside at the start of the play. Now, I deliberately left this quite late in the segment so that we don't spend the next 20 minutes screaming about it. Technically, mm. in the build-up, Macaroni was offside when mm-hmm. I think it was Holman or Mackay, Mackay, won, Mackay, Mackay. Mackay won the ball, the ball back. Obviously, mm. I haven't tried to watch this game back too often <laughs> to keep my blood pressure down.
2: <laughs> but
0: yeah, Mackay won the ball back, played it to Macaroni in an offside position, and yeah, w- what bugs me about the reaction to a lot of this is the fact that people still don't understand the offside rule. Oh yeah, yeah. like just because you come back into an onside position doesn't change the fact that. When the call of offside is made, it's when the ball is played, not when you come back.
1: I also think that the problem was how far back should the VA, VAR go to determine if it was an offside. That's also the thing. But also, was Matt McKay playing at the ball on purpose? Mm. I think he was. I think he was
2: as
0: well. He
1: was sticking his foot out on purpose. Yeah. But and
2: to your point... Ben Wilson was talking today. He was saying that it's and as soon as you win the ball back from then until you score, mm-hmm. if there's no turnover in play or anything or no dispute of possession, they can check it. Yeah. So even though it was, five, it was 10 seconds before the goal was scored, they can check it based on that.
1: And that's one thing that does definitely need yeah. to be cleared up by the referees and when they're doing that kind of thing because I do think the VAR came in a bit prematurely into the league. Some things weren't sorted out the yeah. way they should be.
0: Yeah, it was a little bit of a... Well, I think that's because the A-League's... Uh, one of the guinea pigs, essentially, mm-hmm, for FIFA much. bringing yeah. the style.
2: Serie the A has it now as well. It's not the only league yeah. around the world that has it. But.
0: Look, I'm, I've am i said it before mm. when they introduced it last year. I think the most important thing is to get the right call. Mm. It sucks when it goes against your team. It was a real punch in the guts. But um, they got the call yeah. right. Mm. And I'm fine, I'm fine with the going back to the start of mm. the attacking yeah. move. Like, yeah. It's frustrating. Yep. you Players and fans have every right to be annoyed, but like a lot of things we're seeing in sport now, it might have been a correct application of a bad rule, but
2: it's still a still rule. still a rule, and if it was the other way around and the Jets had scored on that, as Brisbane fans, you'd be teeing off if that yeah. wasn't called.
0: And I can guarantee that if VAR wasn't in this it, it was invo- and it was a, just awarded as a goal and finished 2-2, There would be a small vocal corner of the internet absolutely blowing up about how there's some conspiracy of the FFA to
2: help Brisbane out of their slides.
1: (laughs) Just like they're doing with Sydney FC. (laughs) Exactly.
2: Well, there certainly would have been a bunch of people calling for video referees for that sort of incident. So I think you can't can't win either way.
0: Yeah. All right. And so the Raw needed to respond. There wasn't the urgency. Like we talked about it before. It was sporadic intensity. It was, all right, got to get the ball back. Now what do we do? There was a little bit of that. And I honestly think you can trace a lot of that back to just the fact that everybody on the pitch, the 22 players and the referee were just absolutely shaken by what happened with Ronnie Vargas. And, yeah, like there was some Look, we have the rule on the show, don't blame the referee unless your team plays a perfect game, which the yeah. rule definitely did not. <laughs> but not there were some very questionable calls there where I honestly don't know how Wayne Brown was still on the pitch after some of his challenges.
1: That is true. But and then saying that a lot of the referees sometimes will be scared to pull out a red card in fear of what will happen from the FFA and review panel. Oh, yeah. It does happen quite a bit. Sometimes they pull out a red card and I was like, oh, was it actually a red card or should I just, just give him yeah. another warning?
2: Yeah, well, there was a
0: last warning yeah. thing. and mm. He
2: was clearly given like the last warning signal. Yeah. So. But yeah. to your point, they were very, it, there wasn't that usual build-up of multiple chances you'd expect of a team chasing a goal in the last 10 minutes. Yeah, there were a couple of set pieces and crosses in, but... I don't know about you guys, I never, I never thought they were going to score in that last 10 minutes. Although it could have gone 28 minutes to stop each time, they still wouldn't have scored.
1: I don't think they would have scored. It's just weird seeing this kind of raw. Like, mm. usually you see seen the raw under Ange Postacoglu, the yeah. ones who are urgent to finish the game. Those last five minutes are the deadly five minutes yeah. against raw. They're the ones you never want to face. Even in injury last time. year. Even last yeah. year, yeah, actually.
0: And, like, I'm not going to say there's some sort of massive culture change in the playing squad, because a lot of the mm. team is still there. Sure, yeah. they have different attackers, but they've still got plenty of guys capable mm. of it. I honestly thought the most likely one to score was Scapetis, who was fantastic in the second half when he came on.
2: Possibly was, yeah.
1: I do think he's kind of struggling with the pace of the A League, like, even though he did play in that FFA Cup what? game. That was just one game out of how many preseason games they yeah. played. And despite all their preseason games, they were against NPL clubs, yeah. so it's pretty hard to determine how good he actually is. He did play for Stoke, so he's quite Stoke, used to yeah. Stoke under 23s. So. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a bitter Arsenal fan. <laughs> so, yeah,
0: unfortunately, it was. You know, not great. There are a lot of frustrated fans after the game. Unfortunately, they were so frustrated they didn't want to come and talk on fans. <laughs> yeah. So we'll once again say thank you to everyone that participated and I think we'll call time on segment one. That's got Gestures here. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It worked so well. In yeah, I'll, I will
2: get there one day, don't
0: worry. <laughs> All right, we'll be back after this. This is the Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. back To the Brisbane Football Review here for the Daily Football Show Fan Network. It's James Scott and Angela here, not Adam. We
2: actually quite <laughs> like having you here. <laughs> yeah, this is a new formation, isn't it? The way we're going to go from now on. Yeah, three at the back. Yep. All right, so we're going to go. <laughs> Adam's into, on the bench. Works for me. Yep. <laughs> All right, so we're going
0: to go on to the A League recap and talk about Friday night Adelaide 2 2 against Melbourne victory at Adelaide Oval, where I think it was 19,000 people watched it. So, first question, I'm going to start off with you, Angela. Was it worth the extra 3,000 people there to move it from Hindmarsh?
1: Uh, it's always good to have that extra crowd, but moving it all the way, yeah. I just I don't see the point in that actually happening. What
2: Do they get like a government subsidy for you that one be- game or not? Because otherwise, I don't see the point.
1: Yeah, if it, if it was subsidised yeah. by the government, the government paid for the stadium, yeah, maybe. But if it wasn't, <clears throat> it was out of their own pockets, I don't see the because
2: point. Because 18000 would have been at Coopers would have been an unbelievable atmosphere. Because mm. just just like... It's too big a stadium for that size crowd. And it's just, like a similar problem around the league in general, really. But
0: It's an optics thing for me. Like, yeah. Consider Suncorp Stadium. There were, what, 10,000 there on Sunday, but it just looked not great because that's no. 20% of the available seats sold where it is much better when you have know, the Wanderers at Parramatta and Adelaide at Hindmarsh where everything's full up and it just looks better.
1: Yeah, it just looks like there's actual fans who <laughs> want to turn up because looking at it on TV, especially for the Raw home games, like... Are there ten thousand hmm. people actually there, or doesn't are they just all like hiding? It. Yeah, it doesn't look like it.
0: I just quickly back to the roar. I did feel sorry for the people that bought seats in the eastern stand. <laughs> 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 anyway, Vinny Leah first goal in a decade, then backed it up with another one. Holy!
2: <laughs> <laughs> they weren't tap ins either. Gee, you're saving those up. Yeah. Unbelievable strikes, pair of them. That uh, was. was so they just talked about it in their pre-game show, I think, as well, about how he hadn't scored for ten years. They showed some. Did, did he? I think they showed his last goal Mm -hmm. as well, back in the Melbourne Victory Days or something. When we were all much younger and happy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: But a big talking point to come out of this game was Bessart Berisha facing the match review panel for pushing a ref. Now, the rule is you don't really push a ref, however, there do seem to be some sort of mitigating circumstances where on the Fox Football podcast this week, they're actually talking about how the referee was holding on to him for a little bit too long and... The fourth official, someone Eldler, I think it is, yeah. said, "Yeah, I kind of held on to him for a little bit long, longer than I should have. So just a yellow card and move on."
1: Yeah, in, yeah. The rule is, referees will go in there to try and defuse the situation. Obviously, that's what he did. Mm-hmm. But then you're not meant to go to the extent of touching the player. you meant to just say, "Move on, mate. There you go. You're not meant to try and drag them yeah. away." In saying that, Barisha did was getting pretty annoyed with the situation. He just said, "Just back off, mate. Like, leave me alone."
2: Uh, yeah, that uh, was mild. I didn't think the referees were allowed to grab the players, which no, is not, another yeah. reason as well, but I think Borussia might be in a bit of trouble for that.
1: It's going to yeah, be a bit couple of a days. statement
2: suspension. I th- yeah,
1: yeah, I do think it's going to be one of those where it's like, oh, because you're the first incidents we've actually seen here, and you get six to eight weeks, and it's going to come at a cost to him as well because I don't personally think he was ext- all the way... Well, he wasn't at fault for the whole entire situation. <laughs> if the refer- fourth official hadn't grabbed him and moved him away from the situation, would Borussia have... Yeah. them him back? Probably not.
2: Do we know if he actually got the yellow card for the incident with the referee or for the tackle he put Put in? For the tackle. He was for the tackle, so that's why they can go back and look at it then. Fair enough. Because they were
1: saying it should have been a yellow card for the tackle, then a yellow card for pushing the referee, and then he should have been sent off.
2: Which I actually would have been okay with as a,
0: I suppose... Sanction because a yellow card is still technically lenient. It does show, however, that Berisha is not an NFL fan because earlier that day you saw Marshall and Lynch get ejected. You had to get an
2: NFL reference in, didn't you? (laughs) Hey,
0: I'm in a good mood. The Patriots won this Uh week, all right? Hopefully I'm in a good mood for the next four months. All right, so we're going to... But Actually, just on that, I will say it was a great game. Mm. Really
2: entertaining and captivating. Are you talking about the Patriots or the Adelaide victory game? Both. (laughs) Alright,
0: so yeah, good game, and then Saturday afternoon, the early game, might have fallen asleep in this while I was watching it, but I was awake long enough to see a fantastic free-kick goal for Ross McCormick to get Melbourne City up uh, past Wellington.
2: I might just have underestimated Melbourne City this year, because they look the real deal at the moment, the way they look more defensively solid, I mean, this was the sort of game last year, before they would drop two points in, but they did quite well on Saturday, so yeah, they look... They deserve at least league leaders at the moment, I'd say. I think we all might have. Uh... <laughs> yeah.
1: I do think that game against the Brisbane Royals, the season opener for them, it may have seemed like they weren't the real deal because they mm. were playing, well, not a depleted raw side, but a raw side that didn't put in, well, enough effort to mm. look like to me into yep. the game. So it did look Looks like fair. an easy win for Melbourne City. Mm. But after the last two rounds, I think they've got something special about them coming through. It, it seems s- like they're
0: sort of growing yeah. into it as yeah. well. Like that first week, I don't think City got out of second gear, but they mm. do seem to be mm. playing to the level that is necessary. And, look, we saw them get off to a good start last season before fading off after about round nine. It was after the cup final when they beat Sydney. I thought it was after they lost to the Roar at (laughs) time.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We'll go with that, too.
0: Absolutely. All right, so then there was a Sydney derby, which... Mildly interesting? It was, actually, but I have to admit, I kind Mm. of lost a little bit of interest in it because the Bledisloe Cup got interested <laughs> yeah. In <there>. yeah, yeah. Are <laughs> you both not... watching Bledisloe yeah, Cup? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Australia had to win at something. I, I did send I did send you the photo of my yeah, setup. You, yeah. because I was meant to be out for dinner but those plans sort of went awry and I wound up uh, watching the second half with the Sydney Derby on my iPad <laughs> and the Bledisloe on the TV and it was a fun Saturday night. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Well, I didn't see the Blazer Cup, so I can't comment on that. But. <laughs> All right, so
0: Scott, you've got this game. Yeah. Oh, I'm go get it. Great, thanks.
2: No, I thought the Derby was really good. Though. I thought the Wanderers really took it to Sydney FC in a way no one else really has so far this season. It was, they used to, And they got into a two-goal lead as well. And I thought people have been questioning Hayden Fox's tactics. I thought he got a lot of things right. Maybe he got his substitutions wrong in the timing of them, but I think in the most played did quite well. And I think Wanderers were almost unlucky not to win the game, to be honest.
0: Hmm. Well, Wanderers well, can also feel a little bit hard done by, by the VAR call on... I thought that was a penalty, though. I think, <laughs> I think it was, too, but the, it was one of those... It, you could have seen it go either way. Yeah. It. like I think it would have been one of those... If they called it play on, there would have been the same amount of people feeling aggrieved than if they called it as-is and... You know what yeah. I mean.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things—the rest perception of the un- yeah. and perception of the rules and understanding of the rules. Each ref is mm. going to be a different. If it was a different ref, would he have given it? Probably, mm. but yeah, it's just—it's going to depend with each ref how the VAR call goes or if it's a penalty decision. Carney
0: definitely played for it though. Mm. There's no doubt. One hundred percent. But that almost was a little bit of—I would say—elder statesman, clever yeah. play, which we used to see with guys like Thomas Broich, where they'd put their bodies in a position where they knew they would get fouled.
1: But then you did have the push mm. in the back, which yeah. technically is a penalty. Yeah. Right. yeah call
2: that. I'll call it cynical Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff yeah. they get away with off it, the ball. It could have gone either way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, entertaining
0: derby. Kind of fizzled out a little bit yeah. at the end. It would have been good to see a winner either
2: way, but... Disappointing it didn't sell out either. Only mm. 34,000 there. You'd expect mm. to sell out for the first derby of the season. But the one point I will make on the supposedly disappointing TV ratings, when you
0: consider that... Again, at the same time, was the Bledisloe Cup, which did draw
2: fantastic ratings. And if Australia's winning, people are going to flick yep, over. Sorry. Well, yeah, sorry. As yeah. both of you did, so... Yeah, yeah, Australia doesn't
0: beat New Zealand in the rugby a whole lot. Yeah. So. <laughs> but but that's what I mean, like, you consider Channel 10's main channel had the rugby. Yep. It was also on Fox Sports, so I do think that would have diluted the audience a little bit because it's not like... Well, even though the Wallabies still have the Spring Tour going, it was essentially their last major fixture of the year, so... Mm. I'm just just—I'm not making excuses here, except I am a little bit. <laughs>
2: All right. We'll see how it balances out in future weeks when mm. there's not less distractions on.
0: And Perth with yet another home game. 2-1 over yeah. Central Coast. Late winner for Adam Taggart. It was nice finish. That was pretty much the only part of the game I saw. I was trying to get <laughs> home from was it
2: After Sunday, I'd seen enough football for the weekend, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but
0: it was a nice through ball, and Taggart held his composure really well to score the winning goal. Okay. So, so, yeah, good on Perth. <laughs> yep. All right, so we're going to move on to our new segment now, as just flick the paper over. Mm-hmm. David Perez is back as managing director, which, as is always seemingly the case, it was the story that broke the morning after we yeah. recorded last week's show.
2: <laughs> so this is, again, Adam's fault, because we recorded last Wednesday. We could have talked about then. Yeah. Before so it's Adam's he, fault. Yeah, yep.
0: before he went off on the high seas. Yeah, we're blaming Adam. We do this a lot, Angel. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Here, whoever's <laughs> not here tends to get the blame for whatever's gone wrong. <laughs> I think, we were talking about it last week, though, it was, like, Puro was, I think, up there yeah. in, in terms of fan favourites with Kingsman, about guys that seemed mm. to have their head on straight and could take the club in the right direction.
2: Did a lot of good work the first time, really, in re-stabilising the raw, and of course he was behind the the training base as well, which is, which, that's probably his biggest achievement in his first, in. hopefully he can continue that in the second stint, because... They yep. really need some stability in the front office.
1: I never thought he would actually come back to the role after what's happened either. previously. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's interesting to see him yeah. back. And I think he's going to sort the club out in their financials because having heard a few rumours about how their financials are going, it's pretty it's pretty yeah. bad at the moment.
0: Yeah, well, hopefully... Well, that seems to be the case for anyone coming in yep. where they need to work out a plan to stabilise it. And you just hope that he can be there long <laughs> enough to actually do some... I suppose, good
2: work. Not that we so we want So we want a CEO for longer than 12 months is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. pretty much yeah. It. yeah.
1: The sponsorship will be the first issue. Um, yeah. Kingsman ham has lost over a million dollars in sponsorship from the Raw this season. So it's going to be hard trying to get those sponsors back to try and support the Raw. There's
2: only the one sponsor at the moment, isn't it?
0: So
1: oh, it's not even... I mean, yeah, it was his the car, car, yeah. The
0: shirt, yeah. And I believe there's still missing shirt front yeah. and a sleeve one. A sleeve one, used yeah. to be Steadfast mm-hmm. and Paul's, respectively. So you know, that's got to be something that comes in because obviously it was an income stream the club were counting on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think that's <laughs> out, of the, out of the ordinary to say, oh, they'd like the same sponsorship that anybody would like. Yeah.
2: Well, it's not the only club that didn't have a major sponsor till last week because Sydney had mm. announced theirs last week with the Star Casino. So
0: Yeah, the big backlash about that. Oh boy. <laughs> like, about having a casino. Now, look, I'm fine with sports gambling, obviously, but do you buy into any of the issues about no. the club aligning themselves?
1: I think Melbourne, mm. Melbourne Storm do it in the NRL. I don't think it's any different. They align themselves with Crown Casino. I yeah. don't think it's anything different. If they're going to back mm. you and they have the money to back you, why yeah. not make a and profit You see the amount of it?
2: teams who have betting companies on mm. their jerseys anyway. Yeah. Even so. in the
1: UK with all the EPL teams who have like Bet365 and everything like, like that. All yeah, them them have got. better than all of them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we know. But yeah,
0: I'm fine with it. Um, you would be, though. Oh, of course. <laughs> Fantastic industry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the other story that came out, Backries have rejected approximately a $10 million offer from the Raw for, from a Russian consortium. I can't even read my own typing right now.
2: Oh, you can't blame anyone else for it this week, either. <laughs> no, the
0: coffee I had before is hmm. wearing off, so good luck. <laughs> um, so they've allegedly put in $30 million since buying, so they obviously value the club at more than $10 million. The mm-hmm.
2: number that's been mentioned in the past is twenty. I think that was a number based on what they'd put into the club previously, though, terms yeah. to get the money back they'd spent on the club. So.
1: In saying that, Melbourne Heart were only bought for like $9.5 yeah. by the Melbourne City Group, and I do think Raw are considerably worth more than that. It might sound a bit silly to say that, but considering the amount of championships they have, both combined with W League and A League, yeah. they're on the same path as what Sydney FC should be valued at yeah. at some it's point. It's a bigger
2: fan base than what Melbourne City have as well, why you would value it higher. Well, King, Mark Kingsman actually said
0: on Twitter it's probably worth between thirteen and $15 million mm-hmm. in his mm-hmm. estimation, which does seem about right when yeah. you consider the Logan training base will be coming with the club now, I'm assuming. So that's a facility that yeah. can be considered a solid asset.
1: Yeah, it's not just... I think a lot of people go wrong when they assume that $10 million is a lot of money to offer to club when they think it's just for the Ailey team. You've also got the youth teams, you've also got the women's teams, you've got the training base, you've got all the academies that come yep. probably with the club. Yeah.
0: It's the club as a whole, not just the 23 guys in the squad, Mm. John Aloisi. Yeah, it's... Well, actually, speaking of John Aloisi, SBS is trying to suggest that Aloisi's job is in danger. (laughs)
2: Ridiculous. (laughs) They're going to sack him four games into a three-year contract, absolutely. Yeah, that... I I did like the um, Crystal Palace reference. (laughs) There's about 100 million reasons why Crystal Palace sacked ball. Mm. You, yeah, those I, reasons don't exist in the A-League I, I did say after five games yeah. that people
1: would be calling for his head but yeah. maybe it was t- two games too late <laughs> if
0: you're on social media there would be fans calling for his job since the day he was hired <laughs> that's true yes I yeah I can't see Aloisi yeah. being in danger now you know if this run of results continues through to April then yeah. maybe but actually maybe mm. into January if they haven't yeah, another yeah. month
2: or so if it doesn't pick up either, then you might start hearing some more solid but at the moment, the club needs stability. Yeah. Sacking the head coach now is not going to help the situation. And even right.
0: like going back to the financials we talked about before, do they really want to pay out a three-year contract? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. And look, I, I'm still putting this down to a poor patch from the A-League squad. Like, yeah. I do think there's room to bounce back, and I'm going to give Aloisi the benefit of the doubt, considering what he's done in the last mm-hmm. two years under the circumstances that he's had to go through. Mm.
2: Well, and well done to the SBS clickbait journalist. He's got a cl- good ref, good mention here Absolutely. on that story. Yes, from our. Absolute rubbish. Yep. By the
0: way, hi, mum and dad. Uh, the young Matilda's. That's a bit of good news, isn't it? 5 2 win over Vietnam in the final group game. Raw defender Caitlin Torpey started all three group games. They play North Korea in the semi finals on Wednesday, so some of you by the time
2: you listen to this might actually know how they went. <laughs> North Korea said they won 8 0, it's fine. <laughs> well played. So it's the first time
0: they made it to the final four, so. What leaps yeah. out to me is the fact that they've got seemingly a good young batch of talent coming through to back up the current Matilda squad.
1: It, it actually has been a talking point over the past few um, weeks about how good the young Matildas actually are. Um, usually there has not been a, well, it's not usually not a bad squad, but it hasn't usually been the best squad that we could produce for the young Matildas. And having these kinds of runs of results is actually really good for the girls. But then again, coming up against North Korea, who have one of the, best young youth ta- have yeah. one of the best talents according in, to North Korea according to North Korea <laughs> yeah. but also when you look at them um, from a women's pr- games perspective
2: they've always been competitive they've always later.
1: been competitive but that's never translated to yeah. a senior level but they do have one of the teams and that was one team everyone was saying we needed to avoid <laughs> was North Korea because <laughs> we did not want to play them
0: well you know what they say to be the best, you've got to yeah. beat the best or something like that. But all the girls playing in the
2: W League basically as well now, don't they?
1: Basically, yeah. There's always been a huge problem with some of the young Matilda girls who have been selected to play for young Matilda not being selected in W League. But that does come down to each individual club and how each individual club is run and how they want youth players to play. And
2: they got. they've got two chances now to qualify for the World Cup, don't they? Because the top three in the tournament go to the World Cup next year.
1: I believe it was... Uh, Top top two? But I could be wrong about that. It's a very confusing system. With FIFA?
2: No.
0: All right. That's going to be it for this segment of the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back to preview the W League right after this.
1: You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this.
0: And welcome back to the Brisbane Football Review. It's James Scott and Angela here, and we're going to talk about the Brisbane Raw W League season, which starts this weekend. Last year, they finished seventh and missed out on the finals, mm-hmm. but now Mel Andretta is back for a second season in charge and assembled what looks to be quite a formidable squad in my mind.
2: does look a lot more, st- particularly in the front third, looks a lot stronger this year. Wakey Chung, Celeste Bure, Hallie Raso's back. That's a lot stronger front third this year than we've seen yeah. last year.
0: Uh, I'm quite excited about Wakey
2: Chung. I think they scored 15 goals last year, I on the table today, which was the second
0: yeah, fewest in the competition. Yeah, the second fewest so uh,
1: before the West the more goals.
2: So. Yeah, well, actually,
0: just quickly, I should probably tease that following this, we are going to have a special interview with Mel Andreder and <laughs> she did actually talk about the need for more goals from the forwards. So oh, we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. But obviously, yeah, Wakey Chung seems to be the... Mm-hmm main option up front now, so it's going to be interesting to see, so they've been able to retain Mackenzie Arnold, Amy Chapman, Claire Polkinghorn, Caitlin Torpy, who we talked about in the previous segment with the young Matildas, Alira Toby. as I move the headphone cable out of the way, <laughs> Summer O'Brien, Abby Lloyd, Natalie Tatham, Georgina Worth, and of course, they've brought back Katrina Gorry on a two-year deal yes. as the first W League player uh, to sign for the Raw for multiple seasons, mm. which is fantastic.
1: It's a good initiative um, being introduced all across mm-hmm. the W League as well. Um, Emily Van Agma from Newcastle Jets also yeah. got a two-year deal as well.
2: Yeah, but we only care about yeah. the Brisbane. <laughs>
0: <people.
2: laughs> yeah, I believe Tamika Bud and Emily Gillick will be back at some stage, right?
1: Yeah, I'm yeah. hoping so. Um, Tamika Bud has um, teased out that she will be back, yeah. but it's, it's not certain at the moment. They still have their season going on over there. Um, Emily Gillick is a bit up in the air, I guess, sometimes too, because she does have a season over in Norway, and they're currently yeah. going really well there as well.
0: Well, you can't begrudge them for, <laughs> no, for their success, I suppose. Yeah. yeah,
1: they should be back around, um, by round five, I reckon. Okay. But who who, who knows with the way stage. they're going, yeah. there ah, will be them. a late addition to the squad.
0: Well, congratulations to them for their success overseas then. And outs from last year are Nina Frousing-Petterson, Angela Beard in the traditional Brisbane to Melbourne pipeline, Sonny <laughs> Franco, Courtney Vine, Marley Forbes and Maddie Evans. So, mm-hmm. overall, it seems like they've been able to offset most of those losses then.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they have. Um, their Maddie Evans did um, retire over in the, um, the US this season, but also it was it is actually a bit of a loss to lose. Courtney she is a very brilliant young player who did come through the NTC program here at Brisbane Raw. so it is a big loss losing um, ha- having her leave for Newcastle. But I do think bringing in um Haley Rasso will offset mm-hmm. that.
2: And Hayley Rasso is, of yeah. course, a fan favourite here with her <laughs> trademarked ribbon in her hair. And we're congratulating players on exploits overseas. We congratulate Haley and Celeste for winning the NWSL over there in, mm. in the States. One thing that I think is
0: going to be really cool is here is you're seeing a lot of those Matildas and yeah. women that have been playing over in America, they're starting to recruit players to come back now for the Australian League.
1: Yeah, it's always been um good to see that. It's getting more and more. You can see, actually you're getting seeing more and more um, American players come over. But I think it's because the way the league has developed since um season one, which was ten seasons ago, now yeah. it head into ten, season ten. <laughs> but um I'm seeing. I'm hoping to see more and more internationals come once we do get a full W League season going, where every team gets to play each other twice instead of once yeah. or. There is a bit Hardly of a disparity up. in the
0: draw, it's like that, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, so how is the draw set up then?
1: So the draw is, well, the draw is just set up however they feel like it <laughs> <Yeah>. really. A <laughs> so
0: so little bit like pre-season, just line up your fixtures and we'll work with it. Yeah, so
1: currently you have Perth Glory who pretty much get the raw end of the deal. Um, they've always played at actually, home. Actually, they don't really get the raw end of the deal. They only have to play four teams over here, oh, four of the eight teams. Twice. Okay. So it's kind of the thing. So some teams will get to play each other twice. Some other teams will get to just play each other once. So a lot of the big problem, a lot of the problem is that people are deciding how who's going to win just before the season starts. Yeah.
0: So you are able to, I suppose, stack your draw a mm-hmm. little
2: bit. Which, yeah, they do need a full home and away
0: season. That's.
2: Cause I did notice the draw this year. The raw, for example, only played the two Sydney teams away yeah. instead of at home. So.
1: and we play Perth away, a, away at a, and at home which is different for us considering we actually haven't had that in the last two seasons
0: well while we are talking about the draw obviously the big change is the fact that five of the six raw W League home games are now at Suncorp Stadium as part of doubleheaders with the A-League side and I think that's a fantastic move
1: it is actually it's really good to actually see it well majority of the games are there and actually they've have a home for W League instead of having them all the way at AJ Kelly Park. Which <laughs> <six-time> <laughs> thank you for saying that. <laughs> could go going there as well. Yeah. yeah, Adam,
0: who you're obviously in here for, he loves those games at AJ Kelly Park because he can probably walk there, <laughs> yeah.
2: and he can cover the game in December against <laughs> <laughs> um, Newcastle, right? Up yes, Newcastle. That's the one game that's not at Suncorp, yeah.
1: The atmosphere at AJ Kellen Park was always yeah. amazing. It was fantastic last season. You had 2,000-plus yeah. up there every single game, and it was a good way to boost the sport up there with players coming from Sunshine Coast yeah. and obviously from Penn Power to watch the girls play. And
0: since we're not on community radio anymore, we can flat out say that the Raw have actually got W League-specific membership packs mm-hmm. available yep. now as well, which get you into all of their home games. So...
1: Yep, or you get into yep. all their home games, including the one at AJ Kelly Park, but you also get to go to the double header games to see yeah. the men's play as well afterwards.
0: So it gives you five games for both, which is quite good. I think, no offence to the A League squad, but at the moment, I think w <laughs> might be. I'm glad you said that because I was thinking it. Oh, look, someone had to make that yeah. joke, and I'll take the hit it's the one yeah. that does it. <laughs> but yeah, so let's talk about the expectations here. So obviously, seventh last year, not really what we would have been hoping for. Can they challenge the top teams?
1: I do think they can. The crazy thing about last season was, despite having more points than the previous season, they still finished in seventh. And in 2015, 2016, they finished fourth. So I do think that while the level has changed in the W League from 2015-16 to 2016-17 season, um, they can challenge a team. It's all about getting that good start against Sydney and Perth.
2: Yeah. So first that's two teams you'd expect to be up to yeah. this year. So They're and going to be tough teams. Sydney's yeah. recruited extremely yeah. well
1: with a number of American-based yeah. players. And I think about six um, young Matildas and Matildas are currently in their squad.
2: All that and didn't even mention Lisa Devanna either. <laughs> <So> <laughs> they have, be, they have yeah, recruited Lisa, really well.
1: Yeah, Lisa's there. Yours, but they've also lost a few players, sadly, to Melbourne City. And I think we are contractually
0: obligated to mention that Sam Kerr, the best female player in the world, is over in Perth Glory. So <laughs>
2: although not according to FIFA.
1: Yeah, not according to FIFA.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we know how much FIFA rankings count for. <laughs> but uh, obviously, Canberra United won the premiers- Premiership last season before Melbourne City won the finals. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, th- it seems like it's going to be another one of those years where a lot of the clubs, it's going to be a lot of clubs sort of bottlenecking for those finals places. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong here. Well,
1: yeah. I'm defer to your <laughs> yes. It was unfortunate last season that Melbourne City did not win the Premiership after having that really. Oh, terrible run. I'm sorry, Melbourne City, but it was a terrible run in the middle of the season that unfortunately lost them the premiership. But they did come back and showed why they yeah. are one of the best women's teams in Australia. Yeah. But yeah, there is going the to be... A, really well this, as well. I think overall, Melbourne City have found the right way in the, sh- 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 like the shortest amount of time possible how to play women's football <laughs> in Australia. But in saying that, it is going to be the, one of the toughest seasons, I yeah. think. Um, Canberra, City, Sydney have recruited extremely well. I do think that they will finish top three 100%. But then you also have Newcastle, who are doing very well, Western Sydney, Roar and Adelaide. Perth will be up there, I think too, but I do think they they can't just rely on Kerr to be the mastermind of everything that happens.
0: Well, it's not... Like the standard of the league isn't going to be that sort of one where you can just put the best player out in the park and dominate like you find with, I don't know, La Liga. (laughs) A little
1: little
0: shot at Spain there. Um, You are actually going to have to have a good side... Top yeah. to
1: bottom. Yeah, you're going to have to have defense that is um, strong across the board. You can't have someone who's weak at the back, and especially in the central defense where players can just run through very well. You're going to have to have that solo defens- defender and central midfielder who can also go on as an attacking player like Katrina gory does sometimes. That's and a, I think
2: the will all go really well this year. Because they've got a good spine to the team now, Polkinghorn, Mackenzie Arnold, Katrina Gorey, and then Waikichung up front. I think it's a good spine of a side to build around.
1: I think I'd be really good. The only problem would be is, um, if Hayley can get those um, yep. balls in to Wakey Chung and if she can finish them off. But you also have that problem if you don't have, I believe it's Carson Pickett, who yep. is um, going to be in the defending role as long as Celeste Bure. Yep. If they can't help Katrina move that ball up the front, I think we're going to have problems again. Because Katrina does a lot more yep. movement than any other player on the field. Let's
0: move those tiny legs really <laughs> quickly. <laughs> Doing one for short people every
2: <laughs>
0: Yeah, so there's obviously a lot to look forward to. Uh, there is, of course, a new W League active supporter group called the Raw Corps. Scott, you were. Yes. In- Angels are as well. Probably, as well, <laughs> as well I just want to make you talk.
2: Okay. <laughs> well, I'll, we'll probably defer more to Angels because meeting on. I was at a meeting a couple of weeks ago and they were there's plans are made we don't, wasn't I don't want to spoil one, too much about it because there's some good ideas out there and you were very very late too I was late <laughs> but I did, there were some good ideas out there which keep an eye I think it's going to be um, an active supporter group on the sidelines for the W Gate. it be really yeah, good yeah
1: we've got a few we had a yep. meeting on Saturday again and we had a few chants going so yep. there's video you see. up there yeah yep, videos answer. up <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> apologies to Aisha Nori Nori, who we actually forgot to mention in our chants we apologise. <laughs>
0: Um, oh, that's a joy. of I it. Mean, you know, that sort of stuff can come up organically there. Yeah,
1: yeah well, yeah, keep an eye out on um, the Royal Corp's Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram. We'll be posting our chance through the week for people to learn during the first time game.
2: That's right. So right. people get down and support WLT. Yeah, Sunfall also, because... yeah,
1: come down. It's going to be a fantastic day watching Sam Kerr play. Sorry, Aila, you get a second mention there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sam Kerr wins. I'd be doing that too. <laughs> Yeah. But I suppose from
0: a marketing perspective for the W League that's what they do want they want a competitive league where they can say come down and watch an entertaining game like like it or not football in Australia like men's and women's does need to be entertaining above all else to get those eyeballs Mm. in and I feel like that's going to be the way forward for the W League and A League.
1: It has been one thing that's definitely been missing from the W League and generally women's football in Australia—that marketing that says that these girls are one of the best. Yeah. The girls have been in the top ten for a yeah. few years now, but no one's really taken notice of them until it's quite their an recent result.
2: The AFL only invented women's sport back in January, so. <laughs> yeah. Okay, the, so that's my turn. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the AFL have actually pushed yeah, yeah, the W League to becoming a better side with the new CBA agreements and everything has been put in place, but definitely more can be done on the marketing side to push women's football. On
2: a more serious side, I would be interested to see what sort of crowds the games get just because of the way the materials have gone the last six months and the attention that they've got. i will be interested to see what sort of crowds they get. I think it Not also, just to yeah. the double doubleheaders, but also the standalone games.
1: I think it also depend on um, how much the club pushes it itself. I'm yep. um, talking to a few Brisbane Royal fans. Sometimes they didn't even know the W yep. League side was yep. playing at AJ Kelly Park. I was like... Okay, something's wrong here. Yeah. Something this needs to be fixed for next season. But you also have Perth Glory, who have Perth Glory yeah. and Melbourne's victory. Who have some of the lowest attendances yeah. in the league, with about four to six hundred people staying yeah. back. But also, Perth Glory have games that are on after the A League game. Yeah. So why would people want to stay around and watch? <laughs>
0: All right, so the Raw's mm-hmm. first home game, as we've mentioned, is this Friday, 4.20 p.m. Next, it's a away game this week.
1: Home yeah. game. First, away game today. <laughs> it's been a long day. But the Raw's
0: first game is in Sydney uh, at Allianz Stadium ahead of Sydney FC's game Friday night. Yep. Uh, it's 4.20 p.m.
2: local, so that would make it 3.20 Brisbane
0: no,
1: time. No, 5.20 local, 4.20 here.
2: Scott? Oh, no, I didn't realise the A-League website changed. At Anxos, yeah, yeah, I noticed it yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: only found out. Well done, Scott. Yeah, thank you, James.
2: Okay, so it's 4.20... Brisbane local time. I'm really
0: having a good show. You are you <laughs> You're a fantastic show. All right. So all-time record in Sydney: played 21, seven lost, seven drawn, six. That's right. Yeah. Ah, uh, I believe so. <laughs> yep,
1: that looks about right.
0: <laughs> All right, and the other. I hope round my stats are right. One, the round one W League fixtures: Friday it's Perth versus Melbourne City. Go figure. Perth get a home game. <laughs> Saturday Melbourne Victory versus Canberra, and Sunday Newcastle versus West Sydney. So. Let's hope the Raw get on to a good start. be a good
2: game, this actually. Two sides expected to be right up there. And two games, obviously, on free to wear TV with SBS yes. Viceland. Yeah,
1: it's yes. always good to see Raw play Sydney. It's always a great <laughs> interstate battle between the two. Is it
2: 27 games this year on TV, free-to-air and
1: Fox? I think it's about 27, yeah, if we write two games per round. <laughs> All right, let's
0: just go with that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take a quick break and come back with our special interview with the Raw W League coach, Mel Androuta. This is Brisbane Football Review. You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this. Welcome to Segment 4 of the Brisbane Football Review, part of the DFS Fan Network. It's James here, and we're very happy to be joined by Brisbane Raw W League coach, Mel Andretta. Welcome to the show. Thank you. All right, so you're heading into your second season as a W League boss. What are some of the lessons you are able to pick up last year about the squad?
3: Uh, lots of lessons, actually, in such a short uh, turnaround from being appointed to the season kicking off. I think um, the biggest lesson I learned was to ensure that I really know the players and um, understand what it is um, that they need and how they tick and, um, and that includes the staff as well and I've been fortunate that I've had the time now in the MPL season to do that and um, you know I think this season uh, might be a more successful one.
0: So yeah last year the team finished in 7th place, what were some of the areas you looked at as strengths to build on and conversely what were some of the areas you set out to improve on this off season?
3: Um, I guess um, number one, our strengths, um, I guess, uh, is somewhere where we should start and and shouldn't uh, neglect and uh, that's been our priority is to really focus on our strengths and what we have is um, a playing group that are are hungry to succeed and and they're learners and they're positive and they're always seeking um, opportunities to uh, do that and, um, you know, we've worked on developing individuals and and our team model and you know to have two midfielders as our leading goal scorers I think was a strength but you know on the other side um we know too that we need to be better in the front third and and we've worked specifically on that um in the last little bit and and we've recruited to reflect that and um you know, I think as a brief summary, those two areas probably <laughs> sums it up.
0: <laughs> it would help having so many Matildas in the squad as well.
3: Yeah, yeah. I guess um, you know, uh, getting Haley back home is a is a real plus uh, for the city and and for the state and and for the team. She's she's electric at the moment. She's fast. She's aggressive. She's passionate. She she'll do anything for a team, and um, she's proven that with Portland. She's a real team player, and um, that mentality is going to go a long way for us this, this season.
0: And it, How important in your mind is it to have a lot of those team first players where they can create a whole which is greater than the sum of the parts?
3: It's critical. Um, you know, I think um, everyone talks about team culture. We're not the only club that prides ourselves on our culture. But like um, your work in the front third, your defending in the back third um, – the way you work your your culture has to be practiced and constantly refined and you know the time now between seasons has been used to do that and we've also recruited players who um, we think can add to that culture and or buy into it and um, and we're ticking along pretty nicely at the moment
0: Alright well you mentioned recruitment one of the new players you've signed is Weiki Chung what sort of impact do you see her bringing to the team?
3: Um, an immediate one <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's she, what we always hope for Yep yep she um. She is someone who we're looking for to be able to bear the responsibility of um, creating and converting scoring chances. And she's um, very strong in the air. She's tall and can position well to, to finish off crosses or early passes in behind the opponent back four. And, but she's also quick. She's very fast and able to find the space um, for a forward pass in behind the opponent back for and I guess you know with her size she's strong as well and can get the ball to feed and um, combine with her midfielders so she adds to um, our style of play and gives us I guess flexibility and the ability to keep changing according to the opposition.
0: All right so we've seen a fair few players heading over to the US to get more playing time in our off season here but we're seeing a bit of reciprocation now in the form of Celeste Barilla and Carson Pickett Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about them?
3: Yeah. um, Both very experienced players. Um, Carson playing for Seattle and twice now her team has just missed out on the finals, finishing fifth. Um, So she's hungry for success as well. And, She's a natural left footer. She's an attacking fullback. She's tall as well, very good in the air. And we struggled a little bit with direct play last season. So she's very familiar with that. And she had a few good encounters with Sky Blues and Sam Kerr's team over there. So,
0: With, of course, a couple of ups coming against Sam yep. Kerr. You'd like to be able to handle her, I suppose.
3: Yep, exactly. So, you know, we're looking forward to that being our first home game i think that's exciting um and then of course uh celeste well she's proven in the w league too um had a fantastic season for canberra last year winning the premiership and has gone on and experienced success with uh portland this year
0: all right so katrina gory became the first role player to sign with the club on a multi-season deal mm. how big is that to be able to keep someone around for more than just the one year
3: yeah it's it's really important it it gives the players again something that they've been after stability and and loyalty in return which they've given the club and we're passionate about that and that's the first um you know of course of, of many to come in the future and you know i'm excited about the club direction with signing out and re-signing our players for longer term deals
0: all right so how's the side looking so far coming together with pre-season now
3: um, looking good. We um, actually just had uh, our last hit out um, in a training environment. And, um, you know, from, from our analysis and just from some other performance analysis data, you know, the, the intensity and the efforts that we were putting in were above most of our games last season so we're certainly in a in a good position to start positively round one um there's a better understanding of of how we want to play and um implementing our key principles as a as a team and and players are more comfortable um within their roles and being able to execute those those uh key principles well
0: speaking of those key principles you know there's been talk of a unified style of play across Mm. all three raw teams are you subscribing to any sort of overarching club philosophy, or do you say no? This is my team. I'm playing my way.
3: Um, as a club, we're a, a club that prides ourselves on controlling the game, and I guess the way, as a club, we'd like to control the game is is having the ball and um, doing our best with it. And you know, for our team, um, we want to build up from the back and and into the uh, through midfield and to our strikers and. Um, we want to create really good chances through control, possession and um, and then having said that in, in defence too, we're, we're going to be very positive and aggressive because we want to control the game and that means having the ball so we will be going after it aggressively and positively and forcing the opponents to turn it over or change their style of play.
0: Do you talk with Alan Stage or John Aloisi or any other coaches and look for Lessons to learn from them?
3: Oh, yeah, massively. Um, having some, you know, some time with Alan has been just excellent. His, um, his experience in the W League alone is, you know, second to none. And had conversations with him and I think we share that sort of aggressive attacking mindset. And again, here with John, um, you know, we share a lot of commonalities too in how we see the game. And I guess that's why we're all here um, at the club because we have that, that common view of how the game should be played.
0: Fair enough. Oh, one of the biggest changes to this season schedule for the raws W League side is in fact, you've got five of your six games at Suncorp Stadium. How exciting is that for you guys?
3: Oh, we're super excited. We, um, we love playing at Suncorp. Um, we have a good track record at Suncorp and it's, um, it's somewhere where we know the fans like to come to as well. And, um, yeah, I think um, five games um, out of six home games there is, is only um, a step in the right direction.
0: And you have your own supporters group now with the raw Corp. Mm. What are you looking for from them?
3: Loud, strong, <laughs> <laughs> drums, screaming, just support. You know, what every Australian goes to a sporting event for, that that emotion, that connection and that's always been my experience with whatever sport or whatever code that i've followed or or supported and and i can't wait to see our fans and our supporters um get behind it and continue to grow it's taken off um and look out for them and and get amongst them because you know it's going to be a special environment there amongst the raw call
0: absolutely i think any Uh, fan would love to be part of a massive home field advantage no matter what the side yeah All right. so Melbourne City have been the benchmark side for the last two years Mm. they've raised the bar across the league do you feel like your squad can push them this year
3: yeah I think we proved last year um, that we can push them we went up early 1-0 and We were in a very good position to be the first to to take their unbeaten run away from them. But, you know, that that was also, I guess, reflecting on our season, one of our weaknesses, not being able to finish off games and we weren't able to finish off the season either. So I think now with the squad that we've assembled and the work we've done in between seasons, um, we'll definitely be pushing every side, um, including ourselves, to be better.
0: Excellent. So your first game this season is away to Sydney FC this weekend. How important is it for you guys to get off to a good start there?
3: Yeah, I think for everybody, such a short season, it's important um, to start off well and we're confident that we'll be able to do that. But we're also um, willing to and able to adjust no matter what the circumstances are that we face.
0: And your first home games a week later, how excited are you to get in front of ho- hopefully vocal crowd in the first part of a double
3: header? Yeah, we're um, really excited. We know it's going to be a strong crowd. Um, we know it's going to be vocal. Um, so many people are, are talking about it and planning for it. So Brisbane, we can't wait.
0: And where else would you rather be on a Sunday afternoon than watching the Raw both sides at uh, Suncorp Stadium? Yeah,
3: where else would you want to be? There's so many big names um, in both sides. It's going to be an afternoon of entertainment, so...
0: All right, well, that's going to wrap it up. Mel, thank you very much for your time. No worries. And we'll be back right after this. This is the Brisbane Football Review.
1: You're listening to the Brisbane Football Review. We'll be back after this.
0: the Brisbane Football Review it's our final segment for this week's show and we're going to look ahead to the Wellington game but before we do that Scott, how can people get in contact
2: with us? Alright, so you're on Facebook um, Brisbane Football Review Twitter at Raw Review Podcast on Wishka and iTunes and if at games you can come and talk to James if you feel like it at fan cam so he gets a bit lonely when the team doesn't go so well so go down and That's right. <laughs> have a chat to him so you can also email us BrisbaneFootballReview at gmail.com that's right. And uh, yeah, we're part of
0: the Daily Football Show Fan Network. Angela, how can people find your work, by yes. the way? Well,
1: that's a good question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm on Twitter at Ange Bassic, and Basic And Basic is spelled B-A-C-I-C. Mm-hmm. We'll put that out on it. things yep. when we share out the show. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just find me on there. And you also could find me at the Women's Game most yep. of the time. The um, At the Women's Game on yep. everything. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook.
0: So we haven't scared you off the show yet, have no, we? No, you haven't.
1: It's all good. Okay, we've got one more segment to go, <laughs> Scott. We'll, so. we'll see what we can do. <laughs> all right.
0: <laughs> so all-time record against the Phoenix, it's 18 wins, 6 draws, 6 losses. In Wellington, it's 1-6, drawn 4, lost 3. I think that might be the first time they've actually played a game where they've had a good record. <laughs> in
2: you it. haven't played in Newcastle or Central Coast yet. There are other grounds we're, quite, we're mm. quite good at. but
0: Yeah. Actually, that was one thing we forgot in segment one, that Jets record at Suncorp Stadium again. Oh, Oh
1: God, yeah. So
0: let's hope that trend sort of continues this week with a good result in Wellington, who I still maintain are the least interesting team in the A-League.
1: It's interesting to see that Raw actually do have a good record in Wellington considering they have to travel three hours, pretty much Mm. three, four hours, I'm not really Mm. sure, that far. It's pretty good to have a a way record like that.
0: Mm. And
2: considering the climate change as well, where it seems to be 12 degrees and rain (laughs) sideways at every home (laughs) game. Yeah, Wellington really should have a better home record in general given the massive advantage that they have of that but anyway yes
0: with the 12 people in the crowd like Gold Coast <laughs> United well they are the very enthusiastic you can get in one segment here all right, so I think we're up to about four right now. <laughs> yeah, see we can get to come
2: on, get to double figures. He's
0: they
1: they are very enthusiastic supporters yeah. though. Like they're always yeah. uh, cheering the team on, even if they do crap. Like come on. <laughs>
0: and I will say, like from what I've seen from Wellington right now, enthusiastic is a great way to describe their style yeah. of play. They've got Dario Vitezic who is looking fantastic oh, yep. in the middle of the
2: park. And they really control yeah. games in midfield. Actually, I think they're actually going. You're, you're so down on them but I think they're quite underrated Wellington oh they've, look they've been scrappy they so they have absolutely got more in, points than they have at the moment I think one point out of nine doesn't really tell the story of how good they are mm. they have been in every game yeah. and
0: if not for the VAR they might have actually had a chance to absolutely. draw with Sydney
2: they should have absolutely been but no it wasn't the VAR just the linesman put the flag
0: I'm still blaming the VAR okay. for that <laughs> <laughs> alright let's look at this from a raw perspective first things first is this a must win game for the raw
1: 100% mm-hmm. I
0: agree Zero <laughs> from three is not really. A <laughs> yeah,
1: you don't want to have. You want to continue zero from four and losing in Wellington with the record we have overall and with the one in Wellington. Yeah. I I'm not
0: going to go so far as to say must win game. For me, it's like I will happily take a draw and just sort of breaking that goose egg on the points tally. I'll take a draw if they play really well and put together a full 90 minutes. I would much rather see them win and
2: play like rubbish <laughs> well, last time I wrote I think it was a 1-0 scrappy win from Jamie McLaren mm. so yeah. another one of those would be just fine thanks
1: I wouldn't want to see a scoreless draw though I wouldn't want to see actually a score just saying they actually could score goals more than what they have with Jay McLaren, with um, everyone leaving as well considering yeah. the strikers haven't really shown that much
2: two goals in four competitive games at the moment even count the cup <laughs> count I the cup I know the Raw sometimes no, do or goals. don't count the cup
0: what's that? three goals in four competitive games the Raw scored
1: Wait. They got one against Melbourne. No, oh, right, yes. yeah. you're right. It's yeah. just by
2: the time Kepeta scored, it wasn't yeah. really a competitive that's
0: game. Right. Yeah, it
1: wasn't competitive anymore. <laughs>
2: yeah. No, you're right. That bad. was a depressor. I still completely forgot the goal from the weekend. Actually. That was what I <laughs> <laughs> With everything else going on, I yeah. won't hold that against you.
0: But yeah, so for me, it's all about performance. Obviously, that f- attacking quadrant, attacking four, whatever. Something like that. It's still, you know, finding its feet. Mm-hmm. And with the addition of Bortiak, that's another variable to throw into yeah. the mix. Ben Kalfala has been...
1: Oh, he He's been absent. I don't uh, know what he does. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Guys. His delivery off the corners, that's the one that's redeeming the, factor I yeah. would say. And it's something that's good yeah. that replaces what Broich did from corners when he was think, younger.
2: I actually think his corner delivery is better than Broic,
1: but <laughs>
2: Please, Bortiak's better. Yeah, oh look, Bortiak... The, 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 the free-kick Bortiak put in on Sunday was really good, just of no one following it in. Mm. Mm.
0: I I honestly think like that... Duo will come good because they seem to already have a bit of a connection before they started playing. Yeah. And yeah. I do kind of think what we are seeing from some of these players is their injury-hit preseason is starting to come back and bite them.
2: Yeah, definitely.
1: It's it's been a problem. Yeah, having not having TK there has been a massive influence on how the results have gone. I think he is quite a le- he is in a leadership position yeah. there, and he does help the midfield out quite a bit.
2: I think you're right, though. The slow start is largely down to injuries and just starting the season quite slowly.
0: But see, that's why I'm not all doom and gloom yet, because there have been positive signs with the way that they've performed so far, where we've Mm. got, uh, like, they've shown Mm. glimpses. I want to turn those glimpses into something more Mm. sustained.
1: I think the main problem is throwing a whole bunch of new players into a system they've never played before. Mm. Having to play the raw way, whatever that way may be. But having Ben Kalfal uh, and who else is, that... Um, Bortiac, Skipeda, Macaroni. Macaroni has fitted quite yeah. well into that yeah. though. He's up there, he's like the target yeah. man into the mm. centre, but otherwise they're all being thrusted into a new role that they've never played before. Still
2: think they're trying to find out how to use mm. Macaroni properly as well. They still haven't got that down pat yet. Mm. Even
1: though it's been all pre-season, yeah. I reckon they should have played a few more competitive games mm. against top sides like A-League teams instead of yeah. NPL teams, but...
0: I think maybe in pre-season they... Might have considered playing the system they were going to use in the A League. Yeah, because where, where, obviously there was that three at the back stuff going on. which...
2: Mm. It wasn't a three at the back, didn't you hear, John? <laughs> John says it wasn't three at the back. What are you talking about? I, I. The more I think about it, the more I think like that formation
0: experiment. Won't say three at the back then. Keep you happy, Scott. Yeah. i have call three at the back <laughs> if you like. It's I don't know what John the, Aloisi okay, said. Okay, the, the different formation. The that three they at the ran, back. Yeah, for most of preseason, I think it was basically a let's see if we can do this and then pull the plug before mm. the competitive stuff starts. When they realise maybe they're not quite set for it yet.
1: I think the Melbourne Victory game in the FFA Cup was a big te- telling yeah. tell What, what was going to happen with the season? It from that moment I was like something might need to change within the squad to make them more competitive. Yeah. And I don't think that's changed yet.
0: Alright, so speaking of the makeup of the backline obviously yep. Corey Brown's going to be out with a hamstring injury presumably for a few weeks. it did say so, yeah. It, it looked pretty bad. He just went straight down the tunnel basically. He knew straight away yeah. something was wrong. Yeah. Because well, we were actually looking at it and saying, oh, why didn't he put his foot through the ball? <laughs> oh, that's why. <laughs> so, obviously get well soon, Corey. Yep. One-time <laughs> podcast guest and I'm guessing probably not an avid listener. <laughs> <laughs> Since he heard what we talk yeah. about. Alright, so uh, other round four fixtures. We've been going for long enough. I think we can just keep moving here. We should I'd talk about who's going to
2: come in at the back, though. Oh, it's going to be Jade North, isn't it? Should, it probably will be. I'd just love to see him play two proper fullbacks with Ingham mm. and Hingit on either side. Yeah. Ingham will come in on the bench and Hingit will start, but I just wish he'd play both. I'm just attacking fullbacks, please.
1: Ingham did show a little promise yeah. in those Asian, Cop games, Asian Champions League games, yeah. so I think he would be a good choice on the bench.
0: Yeah, why not? Uh, I no no chance of Conor O'Toole
2: being a naturally left-sided player. I just assumed it'd be dating him, given he's the one that
0: yeah been
1: he's been called training up the
2: last couple of weeks hits in he, the uh, squad.
1: Mm. He's been training with the squad during the off season yeah. too. He wasn't in MPL yeah. a lot of either yeah. in the Brisbane Royal youth side. So yeah. I'm assuming that he's been working quite hard with the senior team.
0: And take it for what it's worth. They did give him jersey number two, so clearly they expect something. Yeah, from him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because <Yeah. laughs> yeah, well, actually, before the game on Sunday, we saw him warming up. He and was warming up. There yeah. was a question of, oh, what's... Who's number two? What's he doing out there? Uh, oh, that's Dane Iam. Oh, he must be on the bench. No, it's just emergency cover, I guess. So, how about that? All right, so now we'll go on to the other round four fixtures. Sydney FC uh, face Perth Glory. who Have a rare away trip for them.
2: Yes, I was interested in this game because Sydney's defensively the last couple of weeks have shown they're a bit vulnerable and Perth have got a really good attack. So, I think Perth might cause some trouble. I think Sydney will win, but...
1: I think Sydney m- might have a few problems yeah. at the back too um, I do think they're still getting into yeah. the rhythm of the season too um, but Perth have proven to be yeah. pretty good um, away from home sometimes I, but in saying that Adam Taggart and his ability yeah. to cause problems for the fence I think Perth might have it
0: I'm I'm going to stick with Sydney here but who knows I would not <laughs> be surprised if Perth did something though
1: yeah I wouldn't be surprised if Perth pulled something out of their hat if
0: it's going to be closer than mm. the odds might suggest yeah. mm. Alright, so Saturday after the raw game, it's actually gonna be really intriguing. It's the second Melbourne side to visit Adelaide, uh, yep. coming up and this one's actually gonna be at High March Stadium. First game for City outside of Victoria.
1: I don't think it's gonna hurt them too much being outside of Victoria, but Well they just have to go next door to they Adelaide. They just the to literally the <laughs> way the streak, probably. Yeah. But um, <laughs> uh, Adelaide, they proved a lot during the FFA mm. Cup and the way they played, but I don't mm. know if the the I don't know if they've produced that way in the A-League so far.
2: They're they're a solid side, Adelaide. They work really hard. But I think Melbourne City, this is a good test for them because the last couple of years, they've kind of struggled away from home. And this will be a good test to see if they can go to a well-organised Adelaide side and get a result. Mm. I think this might be a draw, though. Yeah, I'm going to say a draw, but I think it's going to be a very good game.
1: Yeah, I reckon there might be a last-minute winner maybe in there. Not sure who from, but. That'll be hey. a new
0: now. You said it'll be a really good game. It, it, no, it'll be a Tim Cahill <laughs> salvaging a Dower game, and that'll just take all the headlines. <laughs> all right, and then Sunday. Ooh, we've got a double header, which is good because I'm working Sunday evening. Newcastle and West Sydney in Newcastle. Big question, of course, is how are the Jets going yeah. uh, to respond to Vargas' absence? And I suppose it would be Wayne Brown stepping into the mix.
1: I think so too, yeah. yeah. Um,. If he wasn't there, probably someone else. But yeah. yeah, I mean, he's lucky to still be playing. Um, next weekend, this weekend.
2: Yeah, he should, probably shouldn't be playing. But I also thought maybe Joey champions would get more of a run yeah, if they move Joey, Petrados yeah. into the middle and do that, and maybe even Devante Clute on the bench, which well, would be that was actually Brenton
0: Speed's left field suggestion, saying bring Devante Clute in and just slot him into that. Talk about
2: players who've completely just disappeared out of sight. Mm-hmm.
0: I'm missing. He was fun. All
2: yeah, right, <laughs> uh, and
0: then the final game of the round is Central Coast Mariners against Melbourne Victory. So, funny little trivia note for this weekend: all the teams without a win are actually playing each other. So, I'm ready for two draws in these games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Mariners anything but a Melbourne win, please. <laughs> anything but yeah.
1: yeah. Anything, yeah, anything no. but a Melbourne Victory win. Sorry.
0: <laughs> all right. So now we're going to get on. to not apologise. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: That's fine. Melbourne, don't listen to us anyway. All
2: right. So. They're, They're going to steal this podcast in two years anyway. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they can pay our moving expenses down there and set us up with oh no, a decent, I'm not moving. Decent place to yeah, pay pack. You and Adam I'll can it. go. and stay here. <laughs> All right.
0: We're gonna need a big house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So predictions for the raw game Saturday, four thirty-five Brisbane time. Uh, Scott, we're going to start off with you this week. Oh jeez. Take your hand off your mouth. You're covering up the sound. One 1-0 Wellington. All right, so Scott's got a 1-0 loss, as I just typed that in onto our spreadsheet. Now, Angela, as we mentioned before we started recording this, <laughs> feel free to stitch up Adam as much <laughs> as you want here.
1: Oh, as much as I love to stitch Adam up about it, I do have a bit of faith in this royal side coming back and proving everyone wrong. I do think that they will have a 1-0 win.
0: 1-0 win for the Raw. Okay, I'm going to call for a 2-2 draw. We do actually have a predict a competition running on the Fox Sports website, which I really should check in. <laughs> I completely <laughs> forgot about it at the weekend, so no, Actually, I'm out. We mentioned this last week, but Scott's got a fantasy team as well, just made up of all former Raw players. Yep. It is fantastic. And you're not coming dead last. <laughs> yes.
2: And I forgot to bring champs in. I said I would last week. I completely
0: forgot about it. And just as a quick point, as an update on how our host tips are going, just on this little spreadsheet, I got the result right last week. I didn't get the score, but I got the result. So I'm sitting well clear on one point. (laughs) (laughs) One point. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So that's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Angela, thank you very much for coming on board. Thank you guys for having me. That's That's right. I think we might have to bring you back. (laughs) I think so, (laughs) yes. Definitely. Scott, thanks as always. See you again, James. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week to discuss, hopefully, the first Raw victory of the season. We'll talk to you all later.